everybody. Welcome to the bonus episode of the Duck Nine Podcast. So today we're going to talk about the wines that are going on in uh, my current wine club at where I work. We mentioned this in that last episode, so if you haven't listened to the episode on Nebbiolo, give it a, a listen and uh, get ready for ex- some exciting wines. We've uh, covered some pretty broad topics recently, uh, so with this one, we're getting a little more into actual wine, wine that you can go out and buy. We're going to talk about five different wines and um, what to pair with, some of the notes, where to find them, things like that. Also, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, you'll see pictures of each one of these bottles. So if you're curious and want to connect the dots, go there to make sure you're getting the same bottle that we are talking about. And let's just jump right into it. So the first wine that we're going to talk about this evening is Ultraviolet Sparkling Rosé. This is from Poe Vineyards out of Red Hills, Washington, uh, California. Excuse me, Red Hills, California. Sits about thirty miles north of Napa. So sparkling rosé here done Charmat method. Charmat, same method that they use in Prosecco. Uh, so you can expect to see some very fine pearlized small bubbles here. It is on the dry side, uh, but very beautiful color on this uh, wine. I absolutely love it. I'll be honest, not a huge rosé fan, but this one sneaks into my top two for the month. Uh, when we get into the nose, it is uh, got some great floral, some rose petals uh, on the palate. Grapefruit, red raspberry, um, and a lot of strawberry notes here. It's a blend of 95% Cab, uh, cab Soft and 5% Cab Franc. So a really delicious rosé pairs great with cheeses, chicken. Uh, If you have like a a dessert that's not so sweet, this will go great with that as well. But definitely great uh, summertime wine, especially as we're starting to head into that warmer weather in South Carolina. This rosé is just phenomenal. I'd take it out and uh, sit by the pool deck with it for sure. Moving on to our second wine, Cantina Tremit. This is a Pinot Bianco from the Alto Adige region of Italy. So this sits up on the northeast uh, side of Italy, up on the foothills of the Alps, the Dolomite Mountains to be specific. Dolomite got a little bit of some recognition in the the recent past years on the news because there was the oldest uh, mummy found frozen in the Alps. Those were on the Dolomite Mountains. So if you remember seeing that on the internet or in the news, um, I think he was like 5,000 years old or something like that. Uh, Maybe had a little too much Pinot Bianco. Who knows? Uh, But Pinot Bianco um, in this area is just a very interesting tale. And a great example of if it grows together, it goes together, as we say in the Psalm world. So when you get into this area, it has historically, through Europe's historical past, uh, fluctuated on who owned it. The borders moved over time. Uh, And so it's been under the French rule. It's been under Germany's rule. uh, Now it resides with Italy. If you look at the bottle, it is definitely a Riesling shape. So we can see before we even get into the taste of the wine, we can see some of those uh, cultural influences in the bottle itself. Now, this 
this area, Alto Adige, it's not like the rest of Italy. It is not on the coast. It's more inland. They've become famous for their cheeses. Maybe the French helped there. And their cured smoked meats. Maybe a nod to uh, Germans as well. But this wine really matches up well with this. I love this white with um, cheeses. It's got a little bit of stone fruit, a little bit of acidity. Pinot Bianco, if you've never had it, sits between a Pinot Grigio and a Chardonnay as far as like mouthfeel, body weight. Uh, it is a great uh, white to be looking for on wine list out in the restaurants because it hasn't hit that notoriety of some of the bigger grapes like Sauve Blancs, Pinot Grigio, so on. So you can find some really phenomenal examples at just extraordinary prices on wine list. So if you like dairy, if you're having cheese, uh, if you're doing charcuterie at a restaurant and you see a Pinot Bianco, I highly recommend checking that one out. Our next wine this evening from G.D. Vajar um, out of the Piedmont area of Italy. So our last wine, we were northeast side of Italy. Now we're back into the northwest. We are getting into those traditional Italian flavors, bright tomatoes, fresh herbs, seafood. Now, when we start to hit uh, the reds, because this is our first red, uh, we typically start to talk about, oh, red wines can age. And that's not always true. There's certain structures you need your grapes to have to be able to age. Tannins being the biggest factor. Barbera is not a tannicky grape. Little to none uh, to speak of. It is very fresh wine. And it is a wine that if you make it over to Piedmont, you will see everywhere. Because the Italians know it's not going to age. So as soon as they bottle it, they start drinking it. Why wait? It's as good as it's going to get as soon as they bottle it. So it's not that it's a lesser grape. It just doesn't have the aging potential. So they go ahead and drink it. Uh, in contrast to that, um, they have in this area, probably two of the more uh, famous grapes uh, next to Barbera would be Dolcetto, which they typically age for about two years. And then... Uh, Nebbiolo, which again, our last episode, check it out. But Nebbiolo, typically they age around five years from start to finish before they jump into that. So the Italians thought ahead, planted their vineyards accordingly to make sure they always had a wine ready to go. Uh, but when we talk about barbaric specifically, got great bright red fruits here, got some savory qualities. When I was in college, I had my um, beer that I'd have with my pizza all the time. So my pizza beer. Now I'm a little bit older. So now I got my pizza wine. Uh, and this is it. It loves bright red tomato sauces. It goes great with that with the acidity in it. Matches so well. I love this with pizza. I love it with chicken parm. I love it with eggplant parm. Uh, again, bright red acidity that matches up there. Uh, goes great with vegetable dishes. May not hang out as well with a grilled steak. I think it'll so complement it well, but it might lose a little bit of its pizzazz when you put it up against something really meaty. Because again, tannins go with the fat. So our fourth wine of the evening, we have a wine uh, from Luli. And Luli is brought to us by a lady by the name of Sarah Floyd. Miss Floyd lives for about six months out of the year in San Francisco, where she has a uh, a consulting company and a brokerage, so kind of like a distribution. Um, and the other six months of the year, she lives in our local state of South Carolina on a little island called Mount Pleasant. 
she was the seventh female to obtain the rank of master sommelier in the world. So she really knows her stuff when it comes to wine. When she's in San Francisco, she's helping consult with the Bazzoni family, um, giving them tips and tricks and kind of guiding them through the process, being a collaborative effort. Uh, but she also gets to go through and check out all those barrels, taste them, see how they're developing. And then she gets to hand select one uh, or those barrels to put under her label. They take the rest of the barrels and put them under theirs. So that's how she gets her wine. She doesn't actually have a full vineyard to uh, uh, her collection right now. That may change. I don't know. But it's a great setup nonetheless. So she does some phenomenal wines, really known Um if you can find them, the Rosé and her Pinot Noir are great examples. Uh, the Syrah that we're going to be drinking, typically when you talk Syrah, especially in the food industry, it's known as an industry wine. It gets intense. It has huge swings uh, from start to finish, especially like when it comes to the environment it's grown in. It can vary drastically. A lot of times that's why you see Syrah as a blend. Um and not so much on its own. It can get uh, really intense. So some labors of love go into this wine to make sure it is an approachable example of a Syrah. Uh, they are hand harvesting, but they're also hand sorting. So they're going grape by grape and making sure that every little stem and twig and leaf uh, has been removed before they start the fermentation process. All of those kind of little factors, like the woods and the leaves, add more tannins, which would just add to the intensity of this wine. So our final wine, I hate saying that, not my favorite words in uh, in my vocabulary, but alas, uh, the wine club wines must come to an end at some point. Uh, so we're going to talk about Hedges Family uh, CMS. So CMS is an abbreviation kind of started in the industry as a quick way to call out wines, shed shut enough to pop uh you'll hear gsm uh but here cms cabernet merlot syrah is a, a quick thing so if you ever see cms on a label it's a nod to the blend that's there now the blend can vary drastically this one is extremely cab heavy it they even list it cms on the label but right underneath as you can see on instagram it says cabernet sauvignon so uh 95 cap here two percent merlot three syrah on this guy now, we are pretty far north, uh, so when you get into um, some of these areas, they have to do some additional things uh, to really balance out the flavor. So they do oak age. Um, it's fermented 100% in American oak and then aged in 100% French oak. Um, so it's, it's a unique blend here when you get into it to kind of like round out that flavor. It's, it gets smooth. It's kind of creamy. You get cinnamon really heavily on the nose. Uh, but being this far up North, you get a different texture into the berries. They get almost like jammy, uh, kind of a, a taste to them. So you kind of like fig, fig is sneaking in here for me. So you add that together, jammy fig, creamy doughy texture, um, cinnamon baking spices on the nose and not that it tastes exactly like one but the first time i tried this sitting on the palate it reminded me of a fig newton so really interesting take on a cab i love that the same example of a cab that we've seen a thousand times and we know it goes with big steaks off the grill um to see one in a different light it just uh, nods to the winemakers here and, and their ingenuity with this grape 
I think this one for me personally, I love the baking spices here. So I'm going to pair this with some dishes that are going to be more like slow cooked tender dishes. That Syrah that we had last, I'd put that with big pieces of grilled meats and things like that because of uh, its intensity. But this one here is a little more subtle, a little smoother than we typically get into a cap. So I'm looking for ragouts, braised short ribs, a beef stew, something that has a slow cooked uh, portion of meat, maybe with some of its own kind of baking spices to complement that as well. So quick little uh, podcast this uh, episode for today, but a great example of five wines to check out. Most of these you can find uh, pretty readily available. I will say the the first wine, the rosé, is either from the winery or in restaurants. You can sort of find it online, but you're not going to find it in a retail uh, store. The uh, the Alto Aldige, the Pinot Bianco from Canteen Tremine, can be a little bit more difficult to find because, again, that grape doesn't have uh, as much publicity as some of the other whites in the United States. But if you find an Alto Algege Pinot Bianco, you're going to be pretty close in the same realm. GD Vajara, it's everywhere. It's in retail. It's in restaurants. Huge winery. Um, they have vineyards all over the place in Piedmont, so you won't have any trouble there. Luli, you can find online. We have a presence on the East Coast and the West Coast. You should be able to find it some places retail. But again, she doesn't have her own vineyard, so the bottling is kind of limited there. And then Hedges family just has a huge portfolio. I recommend checking out all of their stuff. Uh, they go from like just great affordable options in that kind of mid-tier level to like super high end. You'll be able to find Hedges family in a lot of locations, no problem at all there. So I hope you enjoyed this informative Quick little snapshot, go pick up some of your favorite wines. Let me know if you like this kind of a format as well. Uh, it's my plan to do this monthly with either the wine club wines we're featuring at my restaurant or uh, just with some of the selections that I'm trying myself personally. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, thank you for joining in and dropping in uh, two episode week this week. So thank you for your support again there. I really appreciate you all. Thank you. It wouldn't be possible without you. Please continue to share this with your friends. Tell your family. Post it on social media. Whatever you can do helps us out. So thank you so much for that. And we'll see you next time.